welcome to Two Worlds Collide, a podcast brought to you by Coach B and Coach Needs, where we talk about anything and everything health, nutrition, mindset, body, and fitness. We won't always agree on things, but we're here to bring you different perspectives so you can form your own. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started with today's episode. We'll have like... Well, hello, Brandy. How's it going? It's going well, Nina. How are you? Um, I'm still getting over a cold, so I might sound a little funny, but um, okay. Do you know, it was funny because I think you and I talked a little bit about this before, but I assumed that, oh, you know, Nina, maybe you need to go get a COVID test, but I forgot that you guys are pretty much like, you have no cases. Well, so. well, that's, I don't think that's correct. I think we do have some, but we all, they, at the moment, thankfully, they're all people coming into the country and we have a mandatory two-week isolation and they all get like they get tested on arrival and a couple of times throughout their isolation and that's that's where the cases are we don't have any in the community thankfully and haven't had for at least where I live for quite a while I think yeah, since it guys... first since it kind of first took hold everywhere that's when we had local cases here but since then we had a scare a few like a, in June we had because yeah. we had a, a we had a trans Tasman bubble so we had a travel bubble between Australia and New Zealand which basically meant that if you were traveling between New Zealand and certain I think it was certain states in Australia that you didn't you didn't have to do the two-week um managed isolation or managed quarantine so um you were able to basically travel as if you know COVID didn't exist um but then we had a symptomatic or a person that was asymptomatic to start with come to Wellington which is where I live and he was like went to one of the big museums was in lots of cafes and lots of other places and it turned out on his way home he realized oh yeah I I had COVID whoopsie um so we had a met like it was a massive skit thankfully we were um hubby and I were away for the weekend so we were nowhere near any of the the sites of interest but it was basically anyone that was in the same place had to volunteer like they basically said you best isolate for at least a week if not to get tested um and thankfully it didn't spread like for whatever reason it didn't it didn't spread and that person had one dose of the vaccine so I don't know if that played a role no one really you know people some people right. claim other people are like eh, whatever but we got so lucky that it didn't take hold because otherwise... it's crazy I mean now we're like we're talking like as we record this we're the beginning of August here and it's just interesting to see how things have changed and evolved from like last year and um you know next weekend or this weekend coming up uh, my daughter's 15th birthday and we didn't even get to celebrate or doing anything like that last year and you know no one around us has well I know of people who have been sick my my daughter's boyfriend was sick last year with COVID we were very it was very very close um contacts with a lot of um, her friends and stuff like that. It was all their age category, but, and of course, I, I, I think I've mentioned to you, I, I did lose a, a loved one to COVID, but it's interesting just to see how things have changed in our province, uh, being Alberta. I know there's a lot of criticism on what the government has chosen to do, because I don't know if mean enough, you know this, but I think it's effective pretty much now that if you should contract um, COVID-19, that you actually don't even have to mandatory isolate they're just saying it's recommended and or close contacts as well yeah it's a huge thing um doctors aren't happy but you know and as as a person of like and i i just don't talk about it with anybody anymore but i'm just like oh you know let's just hope we're responsible adults and and humans right but at the end of the day um this is the longest I've gone knock on wood without the sniffles or something like that too. So it's been good. I guess all that washing of hands, which here's the thing. And then we'll jump into, you know, being prepared and everything else, whatever it is like, uh, um, our setting up our environment, but, um, why weren't we washing our hands as diligently before? Like, why is it such a big deal? <laughs> like, don't and- you think that we were dirty little humans? <laughs> And the other thing, and I was chatting to a friend about this over the weekend, because one of my friends had um, 
got an amazing promotion and had organized like a little celebration on Sunday. And I messaged when I really got down with the, you know, like sore throat, coughing, bigger, like they had to blow my nose every five minutes. I messaged and I was like, I am so sorry, but I'm, you know, I've come down with a cold. I, I actually feel okay. Cause that's the thing with cold. When I get colds, I usually feel fine. Like me, that yeah. I feel capable of doing everything. It's just my body's yeah. got some, you know, some extra things going on. So, but I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to come. I, I rather, I don't want to spread those germs. You know, I'm, I really wanted to, and I wanted to celebrate you, but I'm just, you know, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. And then her response was, you know, sorry, you're sick. Um, yada, yada. But then the best part was, it's so great to see that we're normalizing staying home when we're sick. Yeah. Because of this, because so many people and in my workplace, it's the same, right? We had this really weird thing where you had to be, and it actually ties, it's a great little segue to what we <laughs> want to talk about, I think. But it's like, you know, this whole, well, if you're sick, you should stay. Like, where has this, like, this, this hustle, you know, this, you know, this, like, conditioning of you have to show up or you have to push through or you have to do this. It's like, no, if you're sick, you can still work. Just work from home. You don't have to come into the office with your germs. Well, and here's the thing. The soap dispenser <clears throat> is in your bathrooms. Uh, there's towels everywhere. Like there's all these things, there's hand sanitizer. There's all these things that are in your environment and at your reach to help you, you know, kind of like prepare yourself. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, like, that's just it. And like, we saw this even in schools. Like, I mean, my daughter's, well, my oldest was online most of the year, like she was actually, but with my youngest, she was like in and out. But even for her, like normally she would catch a cold or one of her teachers would be down with the illness and like this year, nothing. Right. And I get it. People are like, oh, there's no flus now. Like, and I'm like, it's because we're all washing our hands. It's because we're like clean people now. <laughs> so I just. I and because we don't spread, like if we feel we're sick, we don't spread it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like so, that's, I think my, my friends with kids who go to digger, they still get the, like it says mm -hmm. nothing nothing's changed but I think that for adults that you know work in in corporate offices there's been a lot less people that have been sick with those wow. kinds of for exactly that reason because they do stay home mm -hmm. when they think maybe I shouldn't come in and and spread it it's right great. and I think I the but the whole point when you you know when you talked about having you've got everything set up at home I think that's a good place to start because I think we wanted to talk a little bit about the role that um, our environment plays when we, especially when we, in general, but especially when we want to make some changes. And that could be any changes, but obviously it could be wanting to, you know, improve health, nutrition, that kind of thing. It could be, um, you know, sometimes it could even be if you want to make sort of more, what was I going to say? I forgot the word I was looking for. Jeez. Um, but it, it, it doesn't just apply to sort of health and wellness changes. I think it applies to anything because environment to me personally doesn't just mean your physical environment. I think it's a big, it's a massive part, yeah. but I think it's also, you know, you could look at your, your friends or your social circle and call social, that your yeah. social environment. Right. And that yeah. could be workplace. That could be obviously your friends, family, loved ones, even internet friends you've never met because I have a few of those including you yeah. even though like we we meet like this we haven't actually ever met in person because we met during COVID so maybe one day we can change that's that. right um and either I'll come your way or you come here we'll figure that that's out right. but yeah I think um personally and I found this quite interesting is that I think when I started out on a lot of my goals, I wasn't as privy to how, just how important a lot of that, that physical environment really was. And so much so that it actually is, it's a, it's a module, it's a, it's a big part. It's, it gets its own little special part in my group coaching. Yeah. Um, where we do almost a bit of an audit and look at, you know, how, what, what could you, what, what's currently happening and what could you, change and I think a common one that probably a lot of our listeners would be familiar to is the whole you know keeping food in the house kind of mm -hmm. thing because that's a, a way to set up your yeah, environment like, depending on what you want to change 
Yeah. So like you look at your kitchen environment and then you look at your social environment. Uh, the other thing is, is like, I even include like a, the physical environment of like exercise and, and, um, but I like to look at it as generally speaking, looking at an overall lifestyle of, you know, the environments that, that support whatever your outcome goal is and your lifestyle. I don't think anybody should have to, um, completely overhaul their their kitchen just because you want to lose body fat but I do think that there are or or to you know improve your strength gains or whatever but I do think that people have to take a really good look at what is going on because um when I'm asked like you know what do you do coach B it's like well I tend to do things that support I well actually I don't tend I do things and have things in my life that support my outcome goals and also support how I identify what health or wellness is. So again, going back to even identifying who you are, what your values and priorities are, because I mean, if you're someone who values, you know, your social um, atmosphere of like going out, you're, you're a person who is quite involved with sport and, you know, charities and all these other things, of course, for you to say that you can't ever have a glass of wine is going to be ridiculous because that's not going to set you up. But however, if, if you are hanging out with someone who is a toxic relationship that you drink wine with, and that ends up being something where it it's like you start with one glass and by the night and you are like a bottle or a bottle and a half plus a charcuterie board and everything else that goes along with it, then that's where you have to start looking at the social um, circle of people, uh, the people you hang around with most and that kind of thing. So it is just really kind of doing an audit, like you had mentioned, Anina. Um, we talk a little bit about this in, in um, my uh, six-week group coaching as well. You do want to set yourself up for, for success. And so one of the things that I often refer back to, and it's something that I gained from Precision Nutrition and what um, Dr. John Berardi would often say is like, if food is in your house or possession, you will eventually eat it. So in saying that, if you have a healthy food in your house, you will eventually eat it because that is that's just what's going to happen. It's kind of like, I think he called it the Berardi's first law. And it, it's true because there's just these things, these mechanisms of like habitual stuff that's going to happen, right? So if you have things in your home, um, if you have, you know, your routines and your, your I guess, your environment, it's going to support the journey that you are on. And how that looks for everybody, I think is really different, but you know, we could just start off by, you know, with a blanket statement of like, you keep healthy stuff near you um, and make it convenient. Or exactly. I was about to say, make it, you know, make it visible, like having a a fruit basket in your kitchen or somewhere, you know, where you can see it visibly, see it the same things with, um, you know, depending on the veggies and it depends where you live, um, whether or not you can store stuff openly. Um, but it's making it, you know, having visual, because I think that's part of, that's a big part of what, um, what I work on with my clients is it's not, you know, and this doesn't just apply to, to food, but you know, even the way you set your desk up to be able to, to work or to, you know, get Mm -hmm. in the zone of doing something. It's a, it's you could apply that similar concept to, to any, you know, to such a scenario, because, you know, for example, what, what is in, in reach, right? I'm literally sitting at my desk, literally trying to, like pretending to reach for things, but that's exactly the point, you know, you want to make the stuff that you need. For example, you know, you wouldn't move something further away from you if you need to get to it a lot, unless you actually in turn want to use that as a, te- as a little tool and technique in and of itself, right? Because that could actually be a way that if you work at a desk a lot, for example, maybe you put certain things that you still need throughout the day, maybe you do put them further away. So you actually have to physically stand up so that you can actually stand, you know, that you get a little bit of movement in every so often so that you don't just sit on your ass all day. You know, that could be one little thing, but equally it's, you know, making your your kitchen or your, your gym, right? Making things easy to do based on what you want to do you know as long as whatever you whatever your goal is making the things that will contribute to you getting there or that are conducive to you getting there making them easy to do right like a big thing and I I think I talk about this it feels like I talk about it all the time but one of the big the biggest changes for me that I personally did is when I need to when when I 
want to work out early in the morning or even when because it's just gone 6 30 um while we're recording this in the morning when i you know when i wake up in early for our calls and and these podcast recordings i put the clothes that i'm going to wear when i need to get up that i chuck them in our ensuite so they're there i don't have to rummage through drawers in the pitch um darkness or wake my hubby up or anything like that it's all you know it's that to me is also part of changing my environment or making my environment work for you or work for me so that I don't have to it kind of removes you know in a way it's a tool to remove decision fatigue I find yeah yeah like if you think about it it's kind of like habit formation you want to make things easy right because the easier it is the the easier the follow through so I guess it's kind of like having a trusted system within within reach right so you know you want to bring the healthy stuff near and convenient to yourself when it comes to what's in your kitchen and in you want to make this stuff that's not so healthy so again it has to come back to your definition everyone's going to be different but you want to keep that stuff a little bit further away out of you know out of reach um, what do they say out of sight, out of mind? Um, and I just think it's just it really, if you think about it, it's just making things a little bit more difficult. So for some people that might mean, um, that even though you want to clean up, you know, maybe some of the processed foods, it's the likelihood of that being eliminated or restricted is it's, it's low because that's just, that's not having a flexible approach to your nutrition, um, or your health in, in, you know, in reality, because it's healthy to enjoy those types of, uh, foods with people who also enjoy them, right? Like you have to look at that social aspect mm-hmm. of it all, but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, if someone were to say, or you were to go grocery shopping and you bought the chips that are kind of like your go-tos and like you got this weakness, then maybe have your spouse or your tallest child put those away for you. So they're out of sight, out of mind. You don't know where they are. Like, um, I don't have, I'll be quite transparent here. I don't have any triggers now. Um, there was stuff in my house or that I couldn't have in the house before when I was competing and really restricted, but now it's pretty cool. But I know for myself, my husband, like Halloween, he likes the little chocolate bars and stuff like that. So if I put them up on the top pantry, and even though he can likely see them, if I put them up and away and they stay closed, he won't have them. But as soon as I bring them down and I do open the box to be like, Hey, does anybody want to treat? He knows they're there and he'll continuously go in every single day. It is, it's something like, because they're rated eye level, but if I put them up and further away, or if I put them downstairs in our bar um, cabinets, he doesn't know they're there. He's not going to have them. So it's kind of that, that, that thought that you can still have them in the house, but it's kind of like, um, I, I've used this analogy in my group coaching, um, on my, in my one-on-one coaching, but it's kind of like having the red, yellow, and green light factors in, in terms of food. So reds are the foods that you just can't have in your house. The yellows are like, they're a little cautionary. Like you can have them, but you're not all in like you can have a bite, maybe two bites and you can walk away. They sometimes call your name, but you're cool. Um, and then you have green light uh, foods that you can have them, you love them, but they never bother you at all. Like they're just, they're there. It is, but the red, the red foods are the ones that call you back and forth. You can't stop. You have one and it's gone. So if you look at it that way, in terms of like the food in your home, you can, you can really kind of dial it into that, that perspective of like these red ones, these triggers, I can't have in the house. I'm not ready for these. I have to work on other things first before I can bring them into the house. And those red ones, I don't even think it's ideal to have them in your home at all. Like not even to have somebody hide them because here's the thing. I think red foods are ones that are going to be full blown triggers, all or nothing. They're also the foods that if you eat too much, they will make you feel sick. You will absolutely have guilt and shame chase you. Um, and they're just foods that you rely on to push the, like the emotional stuff, right? Like the stuff that's your absolute go-tos for binge eating, emotional eating, whatever that looks like. And I don't even want to actually use the word binge because that's not fair because normally in a binge, you don't even know what you're choosing. But that being said, those foods you likely should not have in the house because they are there. It's a trigger. It's a known trigger. And I think I wanted to jump in there too. And I think you kind of went where I think I was going to go because I think to me that there's like it makes sense to understand you know which are those go-tos that you may use for like an emotional 
response but then I think there is a bit of a a gray or a nuance there in the sense of you know do you want to do some work like, like it clearly it shows you that maybe there, there's some further deeper work to do there because in in theory right you, we shouldn't have to demonize or you know label foods as or not that we're labeling them with as as good or bad or whatever because it is helpful to identify them but I think there's also a bit of a part of well it could be helpful to start with but I think it does also show you there is some more work to do because you know and what 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 are the reasons that you may choose them in certain situations but then also you know it's also like you're not a bad person no and for I think I, I using think foods can, for those yeah purposes so, you know like I think I just wanted to I guess make put that out there because you know for so many of it like it's something that we're used to and it's also okay if that's something that you do every so often but I think it's understanding why and becoming aware of what's going on that's the big part here well, it's a hundred percent because the thing is, is that normally what would happen is that you, you know, especially when, like what I see in, in coaching is that you identify what's holding you back. So like, you know, what are the five habits or behaviors or obstacles that pull you, hold you back? And majority of the people that I work with will say, or, you know, specifically women, they're going to say, well, I have an emotional tie to food or I'm an emotional eater or whatever. And it is created that awareness. So of course you got to do the steps before that. But what I'm saying is that um, and that's not, it's, it's completely not demonizing food. It's, there is a difference between creating awareness of things that are not supportive of your goals, than absolutely calling something bad. And, um, quite often when I ask the questions of like, well, are these your triggers? You know, they'll be like, yeah, you know, I'll just, you know, give you an example of like, well, you know, chocolate chip cookies, I shouldn't have it because like, they're so bad for me. I end up eating the whole bag and I'm like, well, hold on a second here. They're not bad. Having one cookie is not the problem. It's the, the behavior. So we want to re, we want to, we want to reduce that outcome, that behavior of the all or nothing mindset versus just having the one cookie. So it's important to definitely create that awareness. Nina, I agree with you hundred percent and more than more than 90% of the time it comes well in advance because I would like to think that most people are aware, but most don't want to share that because they build shame in that. So it's just understanding that those triggers are, are, they are there and it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to say like, listen, I, I have a weakness around these foods. It's what I've used to, you know, like in any sort of celebration or any trauma or any, any emotion I've ever experienced, this is the food that I use and I attend to, you know, and then it's opening up that, that I, I wouldn't even call it a can of worms, but it's just opening up that vulnerability of like, why do you use these foods? When did it start happening? Do you remember the first time this happened to you and kind of going down that path? Right. But just to look at the environmental factors of, of clean, like just recognizing and noticing that you have to look at cleaning shit up. It is starting in the kitchen for most people when it comes to food, right? Just like what supports your goals, what doesn't, if you're a person who tends to overeat chips, you can't have them in the house because they call your name, get rid of them. We'll figure out why and where and how as we go along, because sooner or later, these forbidden foods that you've, you know, either restrict or whatever, we got to make a list of it. Anyways, we got to work through all that, that list and, and reintroduce these foods or whatever that looks like. Right. But I think the reason why I use the red, yellow, green is because red is the stop. Like it is really the one, it really is holding you back. Yellows don't tend to be like that. They tend to just be kind of like, you might demonize them on occasion. You might restrict them, but in theory, you need to understand that food a little bit better, but they're not always calling your name and looking at the other habits and behaviors around that might help resolve some of those, you know, uh, foods in terms of like why you tend to go back. Maybe it's because you're not eating enough nutrient density or whatever that looks like, right. Or not eating enough food in general. And then the green, it's just having everything in the house that you like, not forcing yourself to eat foods that you don't like, because here's the other thing. We might want to clean up the house, get rid of processed foods and stuff like that. And then we bring in all the produce. And I'm sure Nina, you've been down this road before of like, I'm going to eat clean. I'm going to get rid of all the processed foods, but then guess what happens? 
like now you're restricting yourself. Now you want all the food and you're right back to where those triggers might start to show up again and stuff like that. So it's just been really understanding that foods that make you feel good mentally, physically, emotionally, those should all be included in your house. And the ones that kind of like, yeah, some days they're good. Some days they're not that, you know, like keep them in there too, but maybe have somebody put some away. And the ones that call your name that you can't turn away from that make you feel like shit, make you have guilt and shame, keep them out until you're ready. And even then you may never be ready and that's okay. Yeah. And I think I just really wanted to, like the reason I went on a bit of a tangent there and especially with the labeling bit is that we still unfortunately see it so much that, you know, people, coaches, you know, social media still demonizes and labels food as good, bad, clean, dirty, yeah. whatever. And it's like, it's food. Food yeah. is food. What it does, you know, and some of it is more nutritious and more nutrient dense. Some of it less so, but all of it is, is food. Yeah. Right. And I think unlearning some of, you know, that, because even when you said, you know, some of those red light foods could be, you know, maybe don't, don't ever go there based on, or, you know, it depends on the person, but it's like, you know, it's, it's about understanding, well, is it actually that it's causing me physical discomfort, right? Like your body might be, you have a sensitivity or you have an allergy, right? Like that's a very good reason not to keep certain things in the house. But if it is more that emotional tie to it, then actually do some digging there, right? Because there is a like you shouldn't have to demonize like that you shouldn't unless you have a physical reaction to the food or it literally you just do not like it like me and savoy cabbage just could not like we can have it in the house and it's fine i would just never ever touch it um whereas hubby loves it you know unless you have a, an aversion and you're just like no nah, I'm, I'm not going to eat it you there shouldn't be the reason that you may not want to keep it in the house is in is more in your head than it is in you know the rest of your your body and that's something to me that is like mm, probably get some digging into but it also is helpful to not have it in the house if it triggers a lot of that emotional response of you know um, um I suck for having it or I suck for you know having eaten it or you know in that that shame spiral because you shouldn't you should never ever ever be ashamed of of eating whatever you're eating Mm -hmm. but unfortunately so many of us you know the way I think some of and there's there's lots of reasons and it probably is it's uh, we keep touching on the subject and, and we keep saying it's its own episode so maybe we do need to make sure we record an episode on like you know the all the messaging and how it's changed over because I know you've obviously seen it a lot for a lot longer and have been in it in a different way than than I have but I think so many of us you know have this that we start to believe that oh these foods are good these foods are bad and we should you know not have these things in the house and then when we do we feel guilty for it and it's like well so what if I enjoy that you know if it actually if I actually truly enjoy eating it then why can't like you know that there's a lot of sort of group thinking that's still out there to a certain degree and I think part of why we started this is to to start help undoing it and for helping you figure out what it is that you need to do right and depending on what your goal is maybe not having them in the house is is okay for now but also have a think about you know how you could bring them in like you want to be able to not have to not have them in the house Right, like you want to be able to to be able to enjoy whatever it is that you you want to enjoy in that moment, and yeah, not have and I, any feeling like any shame, guilt, or whatever associated with it. Well, what's interesting about cleaning up your environment is it has less to do about food and more to do about the bullshit and the the stuff that you need to figure out. So, like even so, in in saying all that, like these are just simple things that you can do. Like like I said, like um, don't purchase foods that are triggers. Don't bring them into the house. Um, for sure. You know, um, put things like Nina had mentioned earlier, like, uh, if you don't eat a lot of fruit, make sure it's out in the open. Like you want to be up. If you see it, you're likely going to have it pre-wash your veggies, like set yourself up for success, for success, have the protein in the house, freeze it. Um, you know, pre pre-make stuff. So like just looking at the environment of the kitchen, have the pots and pans, the utensils, the, the, all the things that you need in order to make things taste good, the spices, the condiments, like all of it. Don't, don't really 
like focus on what you want and what your family's uh, priorities and values are and what they enjoy. Um, Another thing that you can do too, like when it's specific to the kitchen is just making it a family affair. Like maybe there's some days where you're just tired of cooking and that's what makes it so difficult. And maybe just have other people, you know, have a recipe of the week and a cook of the, of the week and, you know, doing things like that, that make it fun and exciting order out once a week, like whatever that looks like for you, but just know that, um, when it comes to food specifically, it's where you are right now in your transformation, whatever that journey looks like, sure food's involved, but it has little, it, it's less about food than what you, it, than what you think. And I think that that's where we have to kind of dial it in too. Like no one really talks about the social environment and the toxic realm of it all. So I think about social as in the friends that you hang out with, um, the communities that you might be part of the social medias that you follow that all has, it, it plays a role and it can yeah. definitely influence your decision-making. So like Maybe your best friend is one that likes to go out and party all the time and drink, and you don't want to do that anymore because it's not supporting your outcome goal. Um, Maybe you're the person who went to the doctor whose doctor said like your blood pressure is through the roof. You've got to um, reduce your stress. You need to lose some body fat. You need to move your body. And in the meantime, your best friends are wanting to go out, drink all the alcohol, like doing all the things that actually negatively impact everything that you desire. So it's really doing that and recognizing that, and I know this is a common, I don't know, I don't know what, it's not a cliche, but it's common and it's common knowledge for the industry that we become most like the top five people you hang around with, right? Yeah. So if everyone in your circle likes to eat out, drink, and, and I'm, please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying drinking is bad for you. I just, I mean, I, I look at my circle and I know that, yeah, some of my friends drink, but I don't drink, but it's the other factors of these people that, you know, I can relate with. But at the end of the day, if, if that's what you're surrounded by, and you're trying to make some changes with your um, health and wellness, your habits and behaviors, it's going to be difficult if those people are not supporters or don't even have a clue of what's going on. So doing an audit of that, Um, recognizing that maybe sometimes these influences are why you are in the place that you're at, because you say yes, when you actually mean no. And that's kind of like doing that, um, your own inventory of where your mindset is with the influences around you. And it loops back to values and what's important to you as well, which we talked about before, right? Because if, you know, you actually value reading a book with a cup of tea on the couch but you say you want to you know you've got had these friendships for years and years and years and you don't want to let people you know you feel like you're letting people down then you know it's it's those kinds of things as well and I think that's where where boundaries can come in quite um nicely (laughs) I don't know if that was the word I was looking for no it's true setting boundaries is really really important yeah and I think and it's not even so much for I think a lot of people often think and maybe boundaries is its own episode at some point, but it's, you know, a lot of people think it's just your, that's a way of, of telling other people what not to do. Yeah. But it isn't, that, that's not just what it is. That can be a part of it, but actually you're just telling people what is important to you and what they can do to support you by enforcing those boundaries. Right. So if you actually say, you know what, I need you know, even if it's like, say you've had a heart, every time, every day you come home from work, you need half an hour to like decompress and just have a bit of a breather and spend some time alone. That's what you need. So a boundary of telling everyone else in the house to leave you alone for 30 minutes isn't a, a way of, you know, telling them off or negatively telling them what they, what they, what they've been doing wrong or anything like that. It's you advocating for yourself and saying, look, everyone, I need half an hour to decompress. So as soon as I go through the door, I'm going to go into this room over here. And after 30 minutes, if I'm ready earlier, I'll come out. But otherwise you can come and, and harass me after 30 minutes. And it could, 30 minutes is just an arbitrary number here. Like it could be anything, but it also could be that, you know what, you'll only go out with people once a week because you're a super duper introvert like me and you just don't like being around people unless you really know them. And so you might, you know, like there's, there's loads of different ways to look at boundaries and 
define them, but it actually is about you understanding what's important to you and figuring out a way to articulate that to other people. And then also it's on you to enforce them just as much as it is on other people understanding what they are too. It's really important to understand that as much as some, and I, and I see this a lot, like I'll have women come to me and say, well, you know, it's, it's my husband, like he doesn't understand and he doesn't want to have to change. And I'm like, listen, you don't have to ask him, nor should you be asking him to change his ways, but you need to let him know that the decisions that you are making are for you now. And that this is in your best interest for what your goals are, because you're not asking him to change his ways. You're simply saying, I don't want to do that anymore because it's not supporting my values, my priorities and, and goals in life. But if you're not clear, like if there's blurred lines, guess what? There's going to be, it's going to be hard as it's going to be hard as fuck. And the reason why is because no one's going to give a shit because they don't actually know what's going on. So at the end of the day, you as a human have to be willing to share and be a little vulnerable with the people that you trust and the people that you want in your community. And at that same token, it's, it's being completely transparent about it and honest about it. So if you don't want to go like say yes, when you mean yes and no, when you mean no. So setting those boundaries and also to be willing to accept the fact that maybe just maybe these relationships that you've built over time are actually the reason why or partly to blame as to where you are right now. And you are a byproduct of the choices that you've been making, which includes your social environment. So if you choose to hang out with your best friend from high school, who has always been a toxic friend, and because you don't have the heart to say, listen, sweetheart, I don't want to drink with you every night of the week, because I know you're going through some midlife crisis, then that's on you. But at the end of the day, if you simply said, listen, I don't feel like Nina said, like, I don't feel like doing this tonight. You know, like, I'm actually going to go for a walk tonight. Did you want to join me for a walk? Like, we don't have to drink all the time. Like, even creating a, um, a more um, I I guess an an invitation for someone else to try and like have an understanding of what you're trying to do with your own lifestyle, like Mm -hmm. bring them on the journey. Yeah. Like bring them on the journey. Like, let them know, like, Hey man, like, have you ever been to the gym? Like I need a gym buddy want to come because like, you've been complaining about how, you know, how you're just like feeling so weak and like, you'd really like to, you know, keep up with your kids in the playground. How about you come to the gym? Because you know what? I'm tired of sitting on my ass. So it's really looking at this social environment and figuring out what you need to eliminate and maybe to have a conversation with and what you can bring. Right. So, but it's not all, it's not just about the friends. It is about social media. It is about what you're doing with your spare time that might be holding you back. So what I mean by social media, it could be influencers. uh, It could be uh, your fit pros that your spos or whatever you want to call them that (laughs) I don't even know. Anyone you you follow really like it could be, you know, Any there influencer. is this thing, and I only found out about this like a, a year or so ago, but they're legit is this thing, it's a rage follow. It's like you actually dislike the person and the message that they stand for, but you follow them because for some, you want to see what they keep putting out. It's like, hit that unfollow button or hit like yeah. both Facebook and Instagram. And I'm not well-versed with any of the other forms of social media, I'm sorry. But both of the those apps, if you still use them at all, that is, have a way to you can either obviously unfollow or unfriend people if you don't want to see any of their stuff but you can also just mute them either forever or for a specific um time frame and that means you don't see their stuff in your feed i think another good another thing is you could limit the time that you spend on those apps right because it's such a freaking it's such a time and energy it's a time it's it's like like, oh my god and i I I, i include myself right it's it's the same for me like some evenings in particular I sit on I just scroll and scroll and scroll but if you went and asked me you know oh what what are you looking at and I was like oh I don't know you know because you actually you're kind of doing something but you're also not paying attention and then you know to I think the point you're like could you spit you know spit up could you spend that time doing something else right the half hour or the 20 minutes or even the 10 minutes that you're on social media if you've been wanting to move a little more could you go for a little walk Right. It's, or you know, could sad. you, could you, could you cut up, you know, like could, there, there's so many other things that you could be doing, but it's just, we've, we've, a lot of us have become so used to 
being on our phones and using social media that it doesn't even feel like a thing that's what am I doing? Like, you know, like a thing that we're doing, it's like, it's become so normal and so part of our lives for some of us, myself included here, I'm going to, you know, normal, we're all normal, like, we're all human, but it's become like, to me, it's so normal, like when I don't have my phone near me, it, something feels weird, like it feels weird when I'm still part of the generation that grew up without mobile phones <laughs> when I was little. I was like, why do I think why why is it weird for me to not have a phone near me like that should I grow up with that, that it wasn't even a thing I like, know. why is it now a thing and that's pro, that's it's like we could go off on a tangent here but here's the yeah. thing though it's not 10 minutes I have done this and I challenge anybody to do this oh yeah it's, it's like it's not 10 minutes no, it's not 15 it's two minutes. hours it's, it's two even, hours it's, it's ridiculous uh I'll say like I'll set a timer and I'm barely through so it is really looking at all of that. But what I wanted to go with that is that you have to be aware of what you're following, because I'm telling you right now, if it sounds good, too good to be true, it is too fucking good to be true. Yep. You don't need a detox. You don't need a fad diet. You don't need any of that bullshit. And I don't care about the before and after transformations. It's why I don't share a lot of pictures. Anybody that I do share pictures of that transformation is usually six months plus a year, right? So at the end of the day, you have to know that what you're, what you're, what you're listening to, those influences out there. Podcasts, great, great, podcasts. great example, right? Podcasts right? Like that you so, listen to, books, yeah. read, like there's so much, you know, anything that you take in, I think yeah. is probably a good one, like anything that's external to your brain that you take, like knowledge and, you know, input that, like I'm, I was about to use a technical term because I just finished writing my psych assignment, but you know, any stimulus that you get from, yeah, podcasts your phone the people around you the location all of that stuff has an influence and an impact on you and there are ways multiple different ways that you can you know moderate that or tweak that to support you in whatever it is that you want to achieve and it's also okay if you're actually you know just sort of wanting to stay where you are that's also fine, by the way. I know we talk a lot about, you know, having goals. Um, or we, that's what we've talked about on a couple of these these recorded these sessions so far. But I think it's also okay if you're like, you know what, actually, I just want to focus on, you know, being in school and studying or whatever. Or, but even in that, even when you say that, like it's it, that is true. That's going. That's that's still doing something. That's true. It is. It's still it's, it's still creating awareness around the the phase of life that you're in. Like I yeah. think about it, like. When people ask me, well, how do you maintain? Well, okay, you're going to not be in a surplus. You're not, you know, like you're not going to be, in a, you're not dieting. You're not doing a lot. Like it's, it's born as fuck actually, but you're still, there's some sort of purpose within that, that, yeah. that idea of, I want to do better. Or it's like, I want to do better in school, or I'm going to go to school for six months. Like there's all always a purpose. And so like, that's why it's, it's important true. to that's understand what's going on around yeah. your environment. And I think, because it plays a huge, uh, huge role. And I don't care what anybody says what people say, think, and do influence you. So you have to be aware of what's going on. So your social environment, your emotional environment. So what I mean by emotion is that it's even um, the mental health of things, I guess, to a certain point, how that ties in is like being aware of what really does make you moody. Um, what triggers you in that, that aspect, if you've got some physiological things going on, so don't ignore not feeling good. Like if you don't feel like yourself, there is mental health and, or other things going on. You have to pay attention to that because let's say for instance, and I, I am not diagnosing anybody. I'm not in any position. I'm not a therapist or anything, but if you're someone who's always seen somewhat of the darkness, you're always in a really sad mood or whatever. That's, that's a red flag and you need to address that. But for some people, they just might use food to cope with through that. And so these are the things like then your trigger foods are in the house. So it's recognizing your environment. And even maybe there's people that make you feel shitty about yourselves. So to give you an example, I just talked to a client the other day whose supposed best friend or close friend of her legitimately called her, um, some, nasty name. I don't even know. I, I don't want to repeat it, but kind of gave her, made her feel like less than. And I said to my client, I said, this person is not really legitimately deserving of your friendship because she's making you feel bad about yourself because of her own insecurities. So you need to do an audit. You need to do an audit because this same person is also who would influence her to then make that knee-jerk reaction to, Hey, I'm going to try the HCG diet, or I'm going to do keto because she's done it and she's seen success. 
And she criticizes me for what I'm not doing right and blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'm just like, wow. So this social toxic friendship is what is now influencing her to make a decision that isn't even in the realm of what she wants because she likes carbohydrates. She likes to move her body. I mean, come on, people. Who doesn't like that? I mean, come on. But pizza, pasta, (laughs) Okay. So, but at the end of the day, that's part of it. And so it's just bullshit. So you have to realize that no matter what is going on in terms of your lifestyle, your business, your entrepreneurial, you know, goals or whatever, there are going to be influences. And these are your environmental factors that you have to do some checks and balances on, and you might have to add some and get rid of some. And at the end of the day, I really think that you just need to have a trusted system and that trusted system has to support what you want. And, and, and honestly, it has to line up. So what I'll say, because I don't know what else you want to add. I just know this, that if you have a clear structure, a trusted environment or program or system, whatever you want to call it, you don't have to think. So like Mina said, it becomes less decision-making. So there's less decision fatigue. You are now in a place of just executing and following through. And I think that's, that's where this has to go. And so if your home environment makes it hard, so like, whether it's like husband's, kids, food, do an audit. If it's your social environment, people are making you feel less than there are things that you're following that make you feel like less than like you second guess everything because of what you saw post. Like even for me as a coach, I'm going to be very transparent. Do you know where I've gone through this with a coach who compared herself to other coaches and thought I needed to revamp my entire business just to, to make, you know, to get a client because I thought what they were doing was the right thing, but I, I would stop in my talks and say, no, I got to say, I got to be true to myself. I got to do what makes me feel good. I got, you know, so at the end of the day, those are the decisions that you make. And those things matter for whatever goal you have in mind. 100%. And I think something I might finish off because um, I was going to talk about it. Um, another good tool, and this works for, anything really is because to me it's part of setting up your environment is having you know whatever visual reminders work for you so obviously you listeners can't see this because this is just a podcast it's not on youtube or anything but behind me on over my left shoulder brandy can see it is a vision board right which is some people might call it a woo-woo thing or whatever but to me it's a good reminder of some of the long-term goals that I I have especially with this business right some of the stuff that I want to be able to achieve over the course of my life like it's not even a you know this year kind of thing and then also behind me is my door of my office that has a a little Kanban board which is basically like a to-do list but it has it's different columns it's actually you know what is the to do what's what's actually what am I working on right now and then you have a little column that's done I usually use that for work tasks right as in for for my own business tasks like if I have to you know write emails and content or do some of the admin things but you could use I've, I've had friends and even clients use it at home for some of the you know chores around the house doing that kind of like getting their family involved with that kind of thing um something else that I've recently worked with a client on is having them figure out like what are some of their values and what what are some of the things that they want to work on and tweak right now and to bring it front of mind write it down on a piece of paper and stick that somewhere where you can see it where you walk past it every day or you see it every day like I have every new year and we'll probably talk about that on its own little episode I think but I sit I sit down around new time like Christmas New Year usually and we'll take time to do a bit of reflection and some intention setting for the new year and I'll usually say you know what are some of the things I want to keep doing stop doing or start doing and I really like I don't just write them down right away like I really you know let marinate on them for, for a few days or even weeks but then I'll write them down and I kid you not, I'm I'm looking at one on my wall in front of me. I've got it in my bathroom, stuck on my bathroom mirror. It's in the kitchen and it's in the gym. So where where I'm going, like it's it's fronted. Like I look at it multiple times a day, and it's not to help me 
like you know remember them like and, and memorize them but it's an it's a visual reminder of you know hey this is what you know especially on when when shit gets hard it's a great reminder to go you know actually this is what I need to like why am I worrying about this thing I can focus on something else like it's another way to curate your environment in a way to to also I guess help you get to where you want to go it's it's about it's uh, we could keep, probably keep talking forever but a lot of this to depend like it depends on you as the individual and what works for you as well right some people might not need the visual reminder stuff and that's okay whereas for others actually just talking about it now maybe you've got and it could be affirmations it could be anything you know maybe chucking some of that where you can see it more visually helps to remind you every so often of certain things or of what your goal is and it helps you sort of stay aligned to that you know no it's no it makes sense and it kind of brought me back to the one thing that I didn't mention and that's uh, the physical aspect of things so like fitness a lot of people think that you know like they'll they'll ask like what's what keeps you motivated to get to the gym and it it really is still the same thing even with moving your body uh, setting up your environment so things like first and foremost if you want to move your body and feel good I think it's important that you're 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 you focus on things like stress management as well as sleep so prioritize your sleep so that you can wake up feeling refreshed and if you're a person who likes to work out in the morning then you start just start with one or two days a week just to start moving your body in the morning get used to that kind of thing set a timer set like be really specific about your goals but the environment to support that means you have that 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 path set up so like nina said like maybe have a schedule of when you're going to go to the gym where are you going to the gym who you're going to the gym with what are you doing at the gym? You know, whatever that looks like, maybe it's a class, maybe you're going for a walk. It doesn't really matter what it is. Have your clothes laid out, have your gym bag ready, have your, you know, your, your, your pre and post workout meals prepped, whatever you think you have to do, but just do a couple of those things. Don't overwhelm yourself. Like, it's not like you have to have like an entire 12 week program and five days a week, and you got to have a pre workout meal with everything. And then a post workout. Like, it's not like that. It's really the simple, like I, I made a post the other day about tiny rocks. It's moving the tiny shit first. But again, if you want to be setting yourself up for success from a coaching standpoint, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you coach B's success story. Very, very simple and quick. My gym is in my house right now. And even when I was going to CrossFit, I did it through a routine of get ready in the morning. I knew what time I was going. I had a scheduled program, nine o'clock. I'd show up. I knew my days of the week I'd go. I did it simply because number one, if I was driving my daughter to school, boom, she it's on the way. Okay. The other thing is, is that now that I'm at home and I'm working, it's just, my gym is in my house. I know the days of the week that I work out Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, those are the days. No question. Wednesdays are usually my day off and Saturday, Sunday, eh, if I feel like doing something, I'll do it, but it's not written in stone for those days. Okay. So it makes me easy to execute. I also know where my gym is and I have a workout plan. Okay. So it's very simple about that. When it comes to food, um, I buy food that I know everybody likes that I like that, you know, we all have our different things. So like, you know, right now my husband, he's just like, he, he's the type of guy that loves pasta. I buy pasta. I make pasta you know, but I don't buy things that no one wants to eat. No, and I just make sure that, you know, for myself, I love vegetables. I love fruit. So do my kids. So that is a priority and I'm constantly shopping for that. And I make sure I'm setting myself up for success by having protein in the house all the time. I always have a backup plan. I have all the appliances that you need and not everybody is privy to this stuff, but I'm telling you right now is like, if you want to make food taste good, and you want it to be something that, you know, is easy and, and, you know, doesn't take a lot of skill, get the appliances, get your air fryers, get your skillets, get your toasters, your, your blenders, like everything I do is very simple and it keeps me on track. Spices and, and sauces are the way. Oh, that oh yes. There's nothing I don't have at the end of the day, when it comes to mental health and stuff like that, for me, it really is about taking time away saying no, when I mean, no saying yes, when I really do mean, yes, I have detoxified my friendship, my friend group. I have gone through the realms of like looking at social media and taking my time, taking stuff off of like unfollowing, muting, whatever I need to do in order to um, move the needle further ahead for myself and how I feel about myself. I've done those audits and I continuously do those audits. So I think at the end of the day, like there's no special secret sauce here. This is just what works for me. 
And it's taken me time to get there. But I'll tell you this right now, it really is about prioritizing things like stress management, sleep management. And then when it comes to energy levels, it's like what, like I have a definition of health. So I know my definition of health is everything in moderation, you know, like I don't label food good versus bad. So for me, it's easy. I can bring the chips in the house. I can have all of that because I've, I've stopped labeling it. So it's, it's easy for me to have a, a, an environment that supports my outcome goals as long as well as my family, but it's what matters to me most. And that's the difference. I know that I am not a person who likes to eat Doritos out of a bag. It's not me, but put them in a bowl and walk away. That's who I am. And that's why it's easy for me, but I also don't label them bad. So it's easy. So but I mean, if someone brought a cheesecake in the house, which is one of my favorite things in the world, I still could have it in the house because I've done the, the, the deep work that Nina had mentioned before about figuring out, well, let's just be honest here. I figured my own shit out, my relationship with food and stuff like that. And all, everything that I'm doing now, the environmental aspects of everything supports that it's not perfect, but it's where it needs to be right now to be supportive of where I am at, which is maintaining and just living my life in food freedom, flexibility, longevity. I look at, you know, in all aspects of that, right? So there's no secret, there's no secret weapon other than just, I think the work, putting in the work. Yeah. And just being honest with yourself. Like sometimes you got to say yes. And sometimes you got to say no. And I think for some people, owning those decisions too. Right. Yeah. I think a big part is owning the choices that you're making and then doing the work to understand, you know, hey, what's could what could be going on as to why you're making those choices and then working yeah. working through that. And that again, because I'm gonna keep chiming in because my coaching isn't focused on on nutrition as such, but this applies to anything, right? Like a lot of the people I work with, it's like food might play a role, but a lot of it is actually just how they set up their day to day, you know, literally how do how they set up their day and how they get a little bit um, away from having everything to be perfect and having, you know, a 20 item to do list and feeling like shit if they only get five done. It's like, well, actually, are the other 15 that important? Or is there a different way that you could look at things? Right. And that's a lot of that. That's a lot of the work. I, I do with my clients and even I do myself, right? As I actually at the moment, and this again, probably its own little episode where we've been talking for a while here, but you know, you can apply a lot of these things that like, yes, to a nutrition goal or a health and fitness goal, but it applies to so much more because it all influ- it influences you. And maybe we can finish with this. It influences you as a human. And there are so many different things that intersect because we all you're a human you have you know relationships you have a workplace you that all these things influence you and it doesn't matter which kind of context we talk about it 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 still influences you because it makes it's part of being human you are a byproduct of the choices that you've been making over time if you don't want how how can i end this you're a byproduct of the choice that you've been making over time. And if you want to change, you have to fucking change. That includes the things that influence you, not just your own decision-making, but the shit that is influencing you to make those decisions. So check your environments, no matter what it is. And honestly, change only occurs if you're willing to put, put the work in and make some change. So, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're a byproduct of the choice that you're making. Yeah. But you have to become aware of how, you know, sometimes it's literally, you don't know because it's so automated. So create that awareness and then start making, start making some tweaks. And that's, if you want help, you know where to find us. So maybe that's a great way to end it. Uh, Our contact details are in the show notes. They are. So (laughs) listen, have a clear structure, have some sort of trusted system. Set it up so that you don't have to think so much. Execute, follow through. It's pretty much that simple. Sounds simple, doesn't it, Nina? <laughs> it sounds so fucking simple, and we both know that we both know. Telling you it's simple is the bullshit that we want to stamp out. So, 
I mean, and it's, to be honest, you, it's, you can do these things on, on your own, but we are both biased and, and we'll say that if you do want to figure some of that shit out, again, you know where to find us. Our details are in the show notes. So do reach out, even if it's just a chat. I think we're both, we're both here for a brief chat. And I know, Brenda, you've got, um, you do calls anyway. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you even just want to figure out if, if you need some help, maybe you're in a different spot, in a different spot, and that's also okay. But I think if you've been listening to this and like, oh yeah, maybe I do need to, you know, start start figuring some shit out and and maybe look at a few things, then reach out, let us know. It's interesting because this is what I will say in closing. A lot of the times we are not aware, right? Of we we just assume like like mm-hmm. I said, it's it's more than food. It's, uh, it's, it's be more so than much, food. and it's more than even you know my coaching doesn't. It's not related to well it, it, you can put it in you can use it for that context but it's not geared towards you know nutrition coaching it's it's really just helping you understand yourself better I think is probably a good way to say it and the first week in my group coaching is literally all about creating awareness and I'll usually one-on-one same thing it's like let's start to help you understand yeah what the fuck is going on in your head because that's where a lot of it starts and then yeah, what's won't. going on around you and then once you start to understand those things that you can't change what if you don't know, don't know. you don't fucking know mm-hmm. there we go i think we're done i think that was a great way to finish don't know don't know and if you want to know <laughs> let us know thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of two worlds collide if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and don't forget to tag us at Two Worlds Collide Pod over on Instagram and follow or subscribe on the podcast app of your choice and leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. These small actions allow us to grow a community of listeners who are ready to make up their own minds and it's the best way for others to find us. Chat to you next week.